When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome into the CHGO White Sox podcast, coming to you live from our CHGO studios. Uh, we are new from Studio A. I don't know. Wesley of Chicago. I'm Sean Anderson. Uh, welcome in. Uh, you can follow me at Sean underscore W underscore Anderson alongside me, the full CHGO White Sox crew. That's Vinny Duber. You can follow him at Vinny Duber. He's our CHGO White Sox beat writer. That is Herb Lawrence. Hello. You can follow him at Actor Raw 23 is our CHGO White Sox community leader. Uh, Steven Nicholas is our producer today. I guess the cloudy day is, uh, you know, causing interference. We're really all the struggling lo- to start this. We're on the long sleeves today. Yeah. It's a cold day. I mean, it's below 70. Yeah. I'm, I'll take it. I mean, in about two, three months, it'll be as warm as you could possibly hope for. But What? The temperature today... Apply it to oh, two or three months you. from now, yeah, and yeah, it would be right. we'll, we'll a scorcher. Be ho- yeah, we'll right. be hoping for right. this weather yeah. then. Oh, yeah. I got you. But no, yeah, it's yeah. nice out. Mm-hmm. And that, you, now you just got me thinking about snow. Thanks, Vinny. Um, it is nice out. All it's you got to do is turn around and look outside and go, oh, I live in Chicago. That's right. I'll just go for a little walk, and then I'll feel better. Um, hello, friends. Hello, everyone in the chat. How you doing? Make sure you're hitting that thumbs up button. Make sure you're commenting about Sir Goosington or uh, whatever your thoughts may be. We got some chats and uh, some questions from our diehards in the Discord that we'll get to. I see AJ, um, who's been very active in the uh, CHGO lounge, uh, and we'll get to uh, his question, Ian's question, uh, and make sure, hey, if you got a good enough question, I'll, I'll, I'll monitor that, and we'll get to it later on in the show. Uh, but today, weirdly enough, we're going to talk about uh, Jerry Reinsdorf, because it's been about a week, but I'm still pretty flabbergasted at him speaking. I wanted it. I was kind of crying before he did it the day before, like, oh, Jerry Reinsdorf needs to do this. Michael spoke up when they changed the guard from uh, Garpax uh, to AK and Mark Eversley. Uh, you know, he, he stood up for the decision. Jerry needs to speak. Oh, boy, did he. I mean, that, are you still, I mean, are you guys, am I just, I, I'm still shook from this. I can't believe that he said all of what he said. About Diamond Dave Eckstein. I'm glad he spoke, but the content of what he said in that conversation with uh, Vinny and the media people, not good. Not good at all. I mean, at least he was honest. That's I've been asking for honesty from the White Sox for a long time, and I thought what he said was his truth. I did not like some of the answers, like the laughing off of going after the best player in baseball and Choi Itani this offseason. As a starter off point, you know, it's like I'll give Chris whoever he needs to get back to winning in 2024, except for even trying to get the best player in. Yes, they were not going to get him, even if they tried to, because, you know, the history of the White Sox. But that goes into why Jerry Reinsdorf and the White Sox are in the place that they are. One of the reasons why, because they don't go after the best players in baseball when they're available, because he has his own mindset of, this is how I win games. Remember in 2005, I won that thing. Didn't spend big money for a championship there. So I'll continue doing that. But, yeah, it was a shocking thing to hear Vinny say, hey, yeah, Jerry's going to speak with us. And I was like, whoa, whoa. I didn't even know that was going to happen. I was like, what, 
I don't know how early you got that information, but you, you told us before the, the Chris Getz press conference, I was like, wow, I didn't even think he was going to be there. And the fact that he spoke there and then he spoke to introduce Chris shocked me, but I'm glad he did it. But the information was not good and not a surprise either. Maybe uh, you're, if you're not shook, because you're a professional. I mean, hey, you, you show up to work every single day, no matter what's going to happen. Maybe it's a no-hitter. Never been shook. Maybe <laughs> maybe a, a gun will be fired outside the stadium. Maybe Jerry Reinsdorf will speak. Um, if you had one more question to ask Jerry Reinsdorf, what would it be? Ooh, putting me on the spot. Um, My bad. No, I just I think, let's put it this way. I think a lot of the questions that we would have for him, he answered in saying numerous times during that media session, that's Chris Getz's decision. That's Chris Getz's decision. I mean, I think if there's one thing, because my big takeaway from that was everything that, that you guys all thought about Jerry Reinsdorf, he kind of said, yeah, I think that, right? And so that was that was the main takeaway is that all that, that narrative, that guesswork that everybody had, he kind of confirmed. Mm-hmm. But I think he, at least in his words, said – the one thing maybe that, that disproved a thing was, oh, Jerry's actually running the show. Jerry gets to do whatever he wants to do. And to an extent, that's true. He said that, you know, he would control the decision-making when it comes to spend, how much money they would spend and stuff like that. But a lot of times he'd he'd point over and he'd go, that's Chris Getz's call. That's Chris Getz's call. And, I mean, I think during the last few years, with one big moment in particular, um, you know, the, the idea was out there that there was no real person – Everybody was kind of beholden everybody else, be it Jerry, Kenny, or Rick, in terms of decision-making. That was at least the view from, from fans from outside. I think this time Jerry has started the, if you want to call it the Chris Getz era, by basically placing the decision-making power in his hands. So, I mean, personally, I was thrilled that, that Jerry talked because he never does. Um, I was happy to get the information to, to understand the, what, what we can expect moving forward. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the next step to that process is to hear Chris Getz talk about the team specifically. Chris Getz's comments last week, understandably so, were all about him and all about what he's going to do in this job, how he sees the organization as a whole. Now it's time to find out, all right, Chris, what do you think this team's needs are? What do you think about each one of these individual players? And we're going to get that at the end of this month and and then uh, later on uh, during the offseason at the GM meetings as well. Maybe I was shocked because of Jerry speaking and what he said last week, but you said he pointed to Chris Getz or pointed that way. Was Chris in the room? Oh, yeah, sitting right next to him. Oh, wow. Yeah. that's. And he didn't say anything? No, because we he, oh, he, he knew he was one of it. the early questions was directed at both of them, uh-huh. and I believe you even heard it in the audio. And Jerry said, "Oh, when you get to talk to him, he can answer that question, okay. kind of thing." So we were understanding at that point that we were in there to ask questions to Jerry. Jerry. Um, kind of, I, I, kind of an awkward situation for Chris, Chris to be in there and have people ask the guy who hired him, like, <laughs> "Why'd you hire that guy? What's so good about this guy?" But. Hey, that's I guess that's part part of the part of the show. I guess was it in the same room that they introduced Getz in? No, we were in Jerry's office. Okay, yeah, it's yeah, never been that clean. clean. Yeah, yeah, it's never been that clean. Cool. All right, I don't I don't know I don't know what to say to that. That's that's very weird. But that I guess Chris was right wh- next to him. That was a very roundabout way of answering your question. With well, the next thing I want to know is what are you going to do with player X? What do you think of this this area of the roster? What do you, you know? And those. Jerry answered our questions for Chris. And so that's what we're going to find out over the coming months. And I guess let's start here because what I'm going to try to take you guys through is uh, basically what we're going to talk about until this, all these answers are basically, or all these questions are basically answered, right? We are on the Jerry Reinsdorf ride. 
we you, you either enjoy the ride or you're going to be bitter. We've learned this from Steve Stone. Um, and it is really accelerated the, with Jerry's comments about his desire to do this for the fans quickly. Um, the hire of Chris Getz was done because, again, Chris knows these players and he knows the organization, so he can accelerate this revamping of the White Sox. We're not going to do rebuilding or retooling. No, 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 no. We're going to do a different re revamping. I think that's a lot, a lot better. Right? It's a lot punchier. Um, so uh, uh, this revamping of the, the, the White Sox in 2024. Um, and I guess we'll start with Tim because Tim can give them a lot of flexibility when I'm looking at the budget for 2024. There's the option for $14 million. We discussed it a little bit yesterday. Do you take the gamble on Tim at $14 million? Because that's the one player that Chris Getz kind of spoke about what he might do. It's We'll have a conversation, right? Sure. There was no real answer given yeah. to that question when it was asked, but uh, it, it goes to show you that that's kind of his plan for everything, right? That he's not going to stand up there with the exception of the decision he had already made on Pedro Grafal. He's that wasn't going to stand up there a month out from the start of the season and say, you know, well, I think this, or, you know, I've come to this conclusion. I've come to this conclusion. You have some time. It makes sense if you want to take it, uh, take some time to figure it out, and and certainly how all the other puzzle pieces might fit in or not fit in if, if Tim Anderson is a is a part of that picture for next year. Yeah, I think it's a no brainer to me to have Tim Anderson come back for the fourteen million because you only I think you only have five people guaranteed with besides the arbitration people. Five people guaranteed with a contract next year, so you don't have a lot of money on the books. And fourteen million for a shortstop that you might think is too much, especially how he played this year. But I'm not expecting him to play this year like he did, or play next year like he did this year. So I'm expecting a little bit better. I don't know if the batting champs in there in 2024, but I know he's going to do his all and give his all to get back to the levels and the performance levels that he was in 2021 and 2022. Um, but yeah, fourteen million. Even if you want to entertain a trade, you would bring him back for the fourteen million, and then have somebody trade you some prospects for him. So letting him go and just not tendering him an offer, I think is a zero sum thing. I think Chris Getz is not even coming close to thinking about that. You I said, hope he's not. You said no brainer. No brainer. Let's check the chat. AJ says there's almost zero chance Tim isn't back next year. So I guess they, they agree there. All right, so the chat agrees with you. I mean, I, to go to the trade deadline point, though, I mean, if there was interest in Tim, wouldn't we have seen him traded? Maybe. I mean, weren't, weren't they being aggressive this at this deadline? I mean, I it didn't seem like there was enough interest in Tim because there was enough rumors being like, hey, Tim Anderson's available, Tim Anderson's available. There mm -hmm. wasn't a deal done. But why But why sell, why sell for pennies on the dollar, right? Yeah. I mean, why, why not? continue to you know make the bet as I said yesterday every bet's going to be a risky bet but why not make the bet that the real Tim Anderson is in there and you can get if the idea is that you're going to get rid of him before the contract is over get get as much as you can for him and and certainly when he was uh uh playing in around the trade deadline you're talking about an all-time low value for mm -hmm. this guy I mean this is a career worst year that he's that he's in it in the middle of right now um if he can get back to be I mean two-time all-star he's you know uh mr change the game mr um mr corn game uh he he's a guy that everybody knows here uh, everybody watching has seen him play in the playoffs they know what what happens when the lights get on tim anderson and never underestimate the power of the contract year mm -hmm. uh you know there and here's the thing if they're gonna try 
to contend next year. The keyword being try. They're going to try to contend next year. Why in the world would you not want to, to take the chance that a relative bargain of an all-star level Tim Anderson is in there? I because the, cause the, the alternative is 150 games of Lenin Sosa at shortstop. He, right. I, he's better than Lenin Sosa. He's obviously more expensive, but um, even if your season doesn't live up to expectations, if that bet does pay off, hey, maybe you could flip him at, at the deadline. I, no, I, I agree, and too. Um, and I kind of forgot my... Well, well say, uh, what I'll I was going to bring up, sorry, uh, I saw Sam's comment, uh, was just that Giolito comment always sticks out to me that the White Sox had that belief in him after 2018. If the White Sox say, hey, we still believe in you for 2024, maybe that fires up Tim as well. You know, I mean, just thinking of past examples. Well, and here's the thing, too. Let's say, and I'm not saying this is what's going to happen because we heard Chris Getz say that no one is untouchable, and obviously he's a... a a new GM who might have his own ideas on how to rearrange this roster, right? But let's say you locked the roster in place right now. You still need multiple starting pitchers, multiple bullpen arms, maybe a right fielder, maybe a second baseman, maybe a catcher. You're going to add shortstop to that list too? Mm. I mean, that is there's so much work for Chris Getz to do already, which is what you're going to hear us discuss over the course of the rest of the show. There's so much work for him to do already. Why would you, if you don't have to, why would you add another important everyday position player to that, to that list? Because if in that case, if you've got four position players to, to replace, three starting pitchers, is that doable? Can you actually do that in an offseason and compete for a division title next Not year? Not a lot, a lot of money. <laughs> Well, let's let's set that up because I kind of I've kind of try to you know set you guys up for that. Uh, right now, I got 17 of 26 players on the the roster for 2024. Uh, the current budget with those players is 108 million. Um, Corey Lee is your catcher, and um, I have a very basic understanding, and it, this understanding could be wrong. Um, but when what I from what I read, when you're in pre-arb, you get a twenty thousand dollar raise. Is that Every year, yes. Okay, sure. It's yeah. right around. I mean, right. twenty thousand dollars sounds like a lot to us, but to a professional baseball player, you're still talking about basically league minimum, right? I mean, mm-hmm. exactly. Yeah, no, that that is league minimum, right? Uh, and so that's my assumption. If I'm wrong, hey, maybe I'm wrong. Uh, I'm not perfect. Uh, but Corey Lee, uh, seven hundred and forty thousand. Uh, Andrew Vaughn, your first baseman, uh, two million because he'd be in uh, arbitration, and that's been around the, the the number. It's basically your WAR, and he doesn't have any, so they'd be nice and give him you know two million dollars. There you go. Uh, second base, I'm gonna be bold, and this could be this is this is me stepping on a ledge here. So speak out. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's only sixteen of twenty six, and the the budget could go down by you know to one hundred and five million. Elvis Andrews. No, no. I'm out. Come on. It no, just doesn't seem realistic. Because he costs a lot of money. I know six million is not a lot of money, but he's not six million dollars worth well, of play. I said three million. Huh? I said three million. Mm-hmm. He's not six million. Well, he's not three million either. I you can get three million on the on the scrap heap. You can get Elvis Andres is the scrap heap. Yeah, but you can get better. You can go Lenin Sosa get you the same production Elvis Andres gives. That's and he's true. making he's making pennies. Elvis Andres has been the best hitter since August. On this that, team, that's he's got a way to runs Chris plus that's, that one seventy seven. That, that bar is in on in he's, hell right now, and Elvis is barely jumping over it. Sean El- is Sean <laughs> is in a very bizarre no man's land between sarcasm and earnest earnestness, yeah. and I'm. I don't really know. I, I don't really know earnest. what you're going for. I think here. He's being earnest, and I don't know if you, if Elvis is your man. He called you something like that. Hey man, let's get me back next year. I need another contract. He's Mister Second Half. Ugh. 
Uh, way to run creator plus, of, I think, since August, since the post-trade deadline of 177. He seems like the ultimate clubhouse guy. Um, he's, sure. Yeah. Seems like, a point in his column, absolutely. I, I, I mean, yeah. you, you, I mean I, this clubhouse is great. We Look took, how well it's worked. We're paying $17.1 million for a professional in left field. Why not pay $3 million for a professional at second base? It's been the biggest hole in this team since, I don't know, 2016. Just, isn't he the one of the part of the reason yes. that it's a hole? Yeah, yes, he's fine, right? I mean, no. I, I mean, you, the first you, four se- months of the season, he was he was awful, trash. Yes, I mean, but again, good guy to have around. All right, well, very so, nice so, guy. Yeah, Make him a coach. Talking so, to him a lot. Right, no, Tell yeah, us well, to get to the coaching. <laughs> yeah, we can't bring him back on one good month. That's pretty much what we did last year. It was right. a few good months, but the point he's gone. More. Okay, all right. So yeah, we killed your guy Ellis. Sixteen to twenty-six. But I will say, I will say this. I will say this, Sean. Right. A guy like him seems to be in play, right? Like that, the the description of that player with the name taken off would seem to be in play for not just that position, but but the ones we were talking about. Look right for field. more yeah, David said, Eckstein-ish players. Oh, so if I said Jose Iglesias, Herb is fine. I'm in. Get out of here. He can field his position very well. So can Elvis. Mm, mm, mm. When have you ever looked at Elvis Andrews this year and been like, oh, this man doesn't know how to play baseball? He's fine. I don't He's so fine. fine. I don't need fine. He's fine. We've had him on a team, and his He's clubhouse fine. presence isn't great. Like, I mean, if his clubhouse is so damn good, you in the clubhouse? Why, why is this? Why is his team so su- sucky? You think Elvis Andrews is 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 the reason? He was in the clubhouse the whole year. If he was so great, wouldn't the clubhouse be better? Elvis is gone. All right, Elvis is gone. All right, so lot, that's putting a lot of expectation on Elvis Andrews. I agree. Um, all right, he's fine. If he's the 26th man, he's fine. Uh, whatever, but he's gone. Uh, shortstop, Tim Anderson, 14 million. We already had that discussion. Uh, third base, Yohan Moncada. Jerry's already mentioned him, uh, so he's on the team. Uh, no I one's mean, picking up that tw- $24.8 Yeah, and the point is Jerry already mentioned him, so he likes him, and he has a big number with him, so any trade would have to be the White Sox paying a good portion of that salary that Yohan Moncada's making next year with his $24 million. so I think he's locked in as a White Sox next year Do you for the full year. Also play a, a quick, fun game. Who has a higher weighted runs creative plus since August 8th? Yohan Moncada or Jake Berger? Since August 8th. So, 8th. so it's very cherry-picked. I'm going to go with Yohan Moncada. Yohan Moncada. Is that true? Oh, just because of home runs? He's got more home runs probably? Maybe. I yeah. don't know. I just I saw it Because Berger's hitting like over 300. Exactly. Yeah, so, yeah. I, you know... It, Shout out to Yohan Moncada. As we know, he's a better uh, defender, and that's why he's making $24.8 million. Um, maybe, maybe 2024 is his year. I'm rooting for Yohan. Uh, left field, Benintendi, $17.1 million. Center field, Luis Robert Jr., we keeping him? Yeah, we're going to see him. Uh, 12, $12.5 million. Andrew Benintendi is making $17.1 million. Luis Robert Jr., $12.5 million. I mean, I don't know why you're mad just, about I'm that. Mad, I'm just, <laughs> I just, are signed at different just, times. I'd like to point it out. Like that's I a just good, think it's, that's a good job by whoever signed Luis Robert to the extension, right? Yes. I think it's also going to be helpful to a point I'm trying to make later. Your best player is making twelve point five million dollars. Awesome. It seems what? like a, a great time to be aggressive. Yeah. Um, right field, Oscar Colas will give him uh, a little bit of a. We'll give him twenty thousand dollar raise, seven hundred and forty k. DH, Aloy Jimenez, thirteen point eight million, also making more than your best player. Uh, bench, Trace Thompson, bringing him back. No. No. For, okay. no. All right. All right. So he's yeah. batting under two hundred. Hey, I don't know. He's they, got more they, walks than hits, I believe. Still, they acquired him. That they did. <laughs> hey, we need walks. Uh, all yeah, right. but his hits are not that many. His walks are not that many no, either. I don't want to back either. Uh, he might be the sole reason that the White Sox avoid that 
uh, that uh, worst walking team of all time distinction. Roman, okay, we can get we can get rid of him today. Cut him just today. Saying, he might be the reason. I don't he want might that. end up the reason. I, I don't want that. Um, Romy, bringing him back. Fine. It I mean, doesn't they, matter. You know, he's on. I mean, he might be in Triple A. I mean, who knows? You can't trade yeah. that guy. I mean, Ben Zobris was in this studio today. We can't trade him. I mean, he's he's Ben yeah. Zobris type. Yasmani Grandal said it. I, I think it's Yasmani. Uh, Yasmani Grandal said it it's, so himself. That you can't trade that guy. You don't think he's going to be a bench? I mean, he could be a good, play every position. I mean, he had some pretty significant surgery here. Yeah, he I, could be I, a fifth. I wonder what infielder. his wonder what his uh, outlook is for when he would be ready to make a full re- return. Okay, so that, that brings us down to 14 players. This is becoming a, a real uh, a, a difficult exercise here, guys. Um, okay, so we'll get to the pitchers, and that's uh, definitely not clear. Um, the point is that I'm trying to get, well, let's actually take a, a, an ad break, but uh, let's play some audio first. Um, the point I'm trying to set up here is Jerry Reinsdorf, a week ago, when he fired Rick Hahn, fired Kenny Williams, his reasoning was, this, Stephen. What is it that I owe to fans? And I think what I, one of the things that I owe to fans is to get better as fast as we could possibly get better. The speed is of the essence. I, I don't want this to be a long-term proposition. And in the meantime, I don't know how many conversations I had with Chris, and it, 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 it became clear to me that he would be one of the major candidates along with these outside candidates. And then when I started thinking about the speed that I owe the fans, I realized that if you bring in somebody from the outside, it's going to take him a year. He's going to have to evaluate everybody in the organization. I, I could bring Branch Rickey in if he was available. Uh, and, and he'd have to evaluate everybody. So you'll, you'll, lose, you'll lose a year. And, and here I had somebody inside who was very, very competitive and, and it might even have been the guy that I would select if I had to talk to all these other guys. And so the thought, you know, so I came then to the conclusion that if I've got a guy inside who can do the job, why not? Why not do it inside and save a year? And that's, that's basically how I got to Chris. Why not? You know, if he could do it, why not? Why not do it? You know, if he can do it, again, uh, I think that's pretty solid reasoning. Uh, why not? He owes it to you, the fans, to do it as quick as possible. And what I'm trying to set up is you got Corey Lee catching, you got Andrew Vaughn at first base, Tim Anderson at shortstop, Yohan Moncada at third base, Andrew Benatendi in left field, uh, Luis Robert in center field, Cole Austin right field, Aloy at your DH, no one on the bench, no one playing second base. You got Cease and Kopech because you have to. Jesse Schulten is cheap. So he's probably back. Nope. Um, okay, Herb, you're making this impossible. We're replacing half the roster. Uh, starting pitching four, you need to replace. Starting pitching five, you need to replace. Uh, Aaron Bummer's back. Uh, Garrett Crochet's back. Ingrid Santos is back. But you probably need, I don't know, about five more relief pitchers. So we're replacing half the roster, and you got $102 million or so right now to do that. He owes it to the fans. Let's take a quick break. I want you guys to think, Okay. We're going to look at some pitchers. I want you to think, you know, you're going to get about $40 million to spend. Okay? That's it? How are you filling out the rotation? Or, well, I'm Jerry Reinsdorf. Mm-hmm. You're Chris Getz. If you need more money. We're both Chris Getz? Yes. Okay. Mm. Um, if you need more money, you got to come ask. All right? And we're going to see how that conversation goes. Um, but uh, I'm going to take a quick break I and mean, let people know about our friends over at Ray Auto. Um, Ray Auto is having a grand reopening, and you want to head over to 
uh, Ray CDJR, Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram, their grand opening on September 9th. Get your ducks in a row because it is the grand reopening of Ray CDJR in Fox Lake. Flock in September 9th and celebrate our Get Ducked event with free prizes and your chance to win $1,000. Plus, during Jeep Adventure Days, get employee pricing on all new 2023 Jeep Gladiator models. The grand reopening of Ray CDJR, Ray, Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, Ram in Fox Lake is only on September 9th, but our savings are all month long. So go check out our friends at Ray CDJR again for their Get Ducked event with free prizes and your chance to win $1,000 on September 9th and get employee pricing on new uh, 2023 Jeep Gladiator models uh, at our friends over at Ray CDJR uh, serving the community since 1963. Uh, Also want to let you know, and this was the whole uh, symmetry, not symmetry, synergy, the Get Ducked event. Goose Island. All right. Finally. So the all bird ad break. Wait, we gotta go. We gotta go Royal Goose. Yes. No, no. This is it. This is the all. This is the all bird ad break that I had been hoping for earlier in the week. Okay, but that, very so exciting. Then, but how but do we the, get the Sir folks want Sir Goosington? Yeah, yeah, I mean, we, you know, you just need Sir to make it, you need to make it more natural. You just need to drop it in there at some random. All right. Well, that no, no. Now you're forcing it, Stephen. Where is he? He's not here. He's late. He's, He's yeah. late. All right. Well, well I, with it, he brought a ton of goose with him. I yeah, don't know the, where all that the, goose the went. Pyramid, the pyramid, yeah, the pyramid has been wheeled the, away. There was a massive amount of Goose Island. Uh, we're gonna have that at our tailgate uh, this Sunday. So make sure you're coming out and checking out CHGO. We're supported by Goose Island Beer Company. It's been Chicago beer since 1988 their beer roster includes oktoberfest uh the beer hug family the 312 wheat ale the full pocket pills i don't think we got any oktoberfest uh dropped off but there's gonna be i got some the other day at the store at the the mariano's it's in the fridge i might have to have one tonight a cold one yeah Yeah, a cold one very nice uh but they dropped off some full pocket pills they dropped off some 312s and they dropped off even the samplers of the beer hug family uh steven's gonna try out the the juicy ipa um so make sure you're checking out Goose Island. They have ultra-fresh brewery-exclusive beers at Goose Island's original brew house on Clybourne Avenue in Lincoln Park or from their tap room on Fulton Street in Westtown. I bet they're probably tapping Oktoberfest there right now. As so we you, speak. As we speak, so you can go check that out. Goose Island Beer Company, Chicago's Beer. And on September 10th, you should probably plug the tailgate. Um, and maybe the bear, new Bears merch, too. I don't know if we have the graphic for that, Steven. Sorry, I'm, I'm kind of throwing this stuff out you. Um, but we do have the new Midway collection with uh, Week 1, uh, just around the corner on Sunday, uh, we got the Take the North uh, podcast, Chicago versus Everybody, and that nice, cute little bear there, and uh, the Greg Braggs Meatball Island uh, sweatshirt and shirt. Uh, I know you like the orange one, Vinny. It's a nice, it's a nice uh, color of t-shirt. That's nice, for sure. Nice shade of orange for you. I do uh, like the blue and orange too. That's great. It works. You're a line eye. Yes. Um, and uh, there's the Die Hard only uh, sweatshirt as well for the Meatball Island one, which I. With my employee discount, bought, and I'm very excited to wear. Uh, so shout out to uh, Greg Rags. Uh, I like the I like the meatball wearing a hat with a little mustache. It's it's fun. It's cute. I'm excited to wear. It. All right, and uh, we also got the tailgate coming up. Uh, it's the best in the city. We got a new location. It's an upgraded location. Uh, our weirdo, uh, diehard fanatic Greg Braggs found like the perfect spot was very intent on finding the best tailgate spot um and we're now going to have a ton of goose island there we're going to have a ton of uh crazy bears fans uh just like you uh, out there so if you are a diehard uh 
use your 20% off link to buy tickets to the tailgate, uh, but head over to allchgo.com and get your tickets to uh, September 10th uh, for Bears Packers. And I heard they got some firewater barbecue over there, too. Oh. So all you can eat. I didn't know that, so thanks for the plug. Yeah, delicious. (laughs) Uh, I don't don't think I've ever had firewater, so Uh, shout out. Um, All right, let's... uh, Jump into DraftKings. I'll give a pick of the week, and then uh, we'll get into uh, your guys' uh, starting pitchers here. Uh, Want to let you know about week one. Can you believe it's been seven months without any NFL games? Crazy, right? No, got week one, the tailgate coming up with uh, the Bears and Packers uh, on Sunday. Uh, but good thing that's over tonight. NFL is here in DraftKings Sportsbook. An official sports betting partner of the NFL is giving you a can't-miss offer for week one. This week, new customers can get $200 in bonus bets instantly when you bet just 5 bucks on any NFL game. The pick of the week, the NFL starting today, um, it's, it, it, it would be Lions to cover the spread because I got them at uh, like 6.5, um, but now that's just dropped completely. Travis Kelsey officially out. For the Chiefs. So I'll give you a little bit of a twist. Uh, former Bear, David Montgomery, is a lion. And uh, he's kind of got the same uh, hard-nosed attitude like their head coach, Dan Campbell. Uh, so I think the Lions probably get out to a quick lead here. They probably take a, a quick 7 nothing lead. Maybe they kick a field goal. Uh, so maybe it's a 10-3 lead or something like that. I think they score the first touchdown, and that's why I would bet uh, David Montgomery to score the first touchdown tonight. Um, I, I got it at 11-1. to I'm going to try to give you the, the most up-to-date number. It's uh, nine and a half to one. So I got a better number, so I'm sorry for that. Maybe you don't bet it. <laughs> Shout-out to DraftKings Sportsbook. Download now and use the code CHGO to sign up. New customers can take home $200 in bonus bets instantly just for betting 5 bucks. That's code CHGO only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.100.com. Uh, gambler.net uh, in New York call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369 in Connecticut help is available for problem gambling call 888-789-777 or visit ccpg.org please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario CDKNG for dot uh, co slash football for eligibility terms and responsible gaming resources bonus bet expires seven days after issuance eligibility and deposit restrictions apply uh change that pick of the week is the under thanks uh it's it's hit a ton and it's now for some reason at 52 and a half uh so you get the hook as well um i got it at 52 so now you can get it at 52 and a half that's the actual pick of the week uh the under hits all the time uh in on thursday games so there you go and how are the chiefs going to score without their best player i don't know um oh, they got the best player who's 15 Okay, uh, their second best player. Thanks, Herb. Uh, I know you always have to be right. Hey. I Do mean, they still have Priest Holmes? I mean, yes. Guy's best quarterback of all time. And Dante Hall. <laughs> and, I don't know, he's passed away. Sky Point to. Who are you going to? Derek, Derek Thomas? Yeah, Derek Thomas. Yeah. Okay. And Neil Smith. Uh, so. We're kind of, you wrote your article recently, Vinny. Uh, check it out at lchgo.com talking about the state of the uh, rotation for 2024. Um, it seems, even though he might not have confidence, Michael Kopech will be a part of the rotation in 2024. Even though he hasn't been good in 2023, Dylan Cease will be a part of the rotation uh, in, in 2023. I have Cease making $7 million. I have Kopech making $2.3 million. Again, I am not Rick Hahn. Uh, he was fired, but he had a job for about 20 years because he could budget. Um, I 
can't budget my own life, let alone an MLB baseball team. Uh, so I gave my best shot there. Uh, but how are you guys going to fill out starting pitching spot three, four, and five? Because you said no to Jesse Schultons. I did. I tried to give you a layup. He's I'm, only making 750000 I'm really good. Real You're good. breaking Jesse Schulton's major league dreams. Way well, to go, Herb. Well, I'm not fixing three, four, and five. I'm fixing one because we don't have one yet. So you either have Again, to. You always have to be right. I mean, this is what the show is about, right? Me giving my Just opinion. Fill in the last three spots. That's all the point is. No. Aaron Nola or Blake Snell, you have to go after a top tier starter. This offseason, because you just said they don't have any money on the books, especially on starting pitcher. So Aaron Nola and or Blake Snell have to be a White Sox. Now you have two more people. You, the natural thing is to bring back Lucas Giolito and pair him back with Ethan Katz. And maybe he recaptures something and you get uh, Lucas Giolito for cheaper than the qualifying offer would have been. Uh, for if he would have stayed with the White Sox the whole year. So it's win-win with the White Sox. And you already got Edgar Carroll in the pocket for him and Kai Bush. But then the third guy, you can choose from a multitude of people. Um, Hunji Ryu is a little old, a little long in the tooth. Martin Perez hasn't pitched well. But I think that last guy has to probably be a lefty. Um, you'd want to try to have some diversity in that starting rotation so you can go for anybody on the list that I think you're going to put up there in a second but for 52 million I think you can get a nice amount of good starters for the White Sox and Nola's going to probably make 20 25 million a year Lucas probably 15 million a year and then the last guy just got to be like a 10 to 12 million dollar guy so it's not that hard but it has to take money for these guys to come here. And so Chris Getz had his work cut out for him. Firstly, identifying these people. Secondly, asking Jerry for the money to get these people. And thirdly, these people actually signing on the dotted line because we know Rick Hahn tried to get Wheeler and he spent one more million dollars to get him than the Philadelphia Phillies, but it didn't work. So the effort's there. It has to be a two-way street, though. Yeah, I mean, you just said it's not that hard. It is that hard. It is hard. This is very hard for Chris Getz because – he has to go do so much. You know what I mean? It, it would be hard enough it if it was the White Sox need an ace and, and that's it. And they need to go get Aaron Nola and they need to be the team to land Aaron Nola, right? Or the team to land Blake Snell. Uh, they need to do that and then also land two other guys. You know, this, this is not easy at all because of the money that it's going to cost, because of the kind of contracts that these guys get. And then you have 29 other teams that might want these guys too. So um, they need to do a lot of work on the starting pitching front. They should bring back Jesse Schultons. They should bring back Tuki Toussaint as their sixth and seventh starting pitchers. Perfect. They need depth. They need, they need guys that they can call up here. We have no idea what, when these minor league guys are going to be ready to go. All that being said... That's me operating under the impression that they're trying to make the playoffs and win and w compete for a championship next year. Certainly, you would think that that's what Jerry's opinion is that they should be doing because that he's out here saying they need to get that done as quickly as possible. But is has Chris Getz identified that as quickly as possible might not mean 2024? We don't know. Uh, so I think... You know, you could you could argue, and both Jerry and Chris brought up the strength of the, of the division, which is very weak, the, the worst division in baseball probably. Elephant in the room. The elephant in the room. <laughs> Does that mean you're going to go get three mediocre starting pitchers on one-year deals because they could theoretically help you win the AL Central if everything breaks right for you? Um, 
You know, I don't know. Does does Chris Chris Getz look at the starting pitching in the minor leagues and say, boy, that 2025 rotation is shaping up to be really, really good and really, really cheap at the same time. Do we not need to go break the bank on multi-year deals? Because here's the thing. You say they're going to save money maybe on Giolito if, if they were to bring him back because he'd be making less than the qualifying offer. But that's a one-year contract, the qualifying offer. Mm-hmm. Lucas Giolito has not pitched so poorly that he's not going to get a three-year three year contract, right? We got Jerry Reinsdorf out here saying he's not going to give, quote, a 10-year deal to a pitcher. Does that still mean, though, that four- or five-year deal? Because guess what Blake Snell's going to want? Guess what Aaron Nola's going to want, right? I mean, do you just look at the best three agents you can get this year and go, we got to have those guys? Or is Chris Getz as he probably should be doing, plotting further out down the road and saying, yeah, maybe Aaron Nola matches up with the guys that we got coming two years from now. Maybe there's a, a, a second baseman out there that we can get right now, but we're going to leave catcher and, and right field as question marks because maybe 2025 looks better in that regard. You know, I, I think that I think those are all things. We're not going to get the answers from him to all that. That's not usually how GMs talk where they come out and say, yeah, next year we might be mediocre. Who knows? But, right. uh, but I think that that is those are probably things that Chris Getz has in his head. Well, and that's why when you bring up like, you know, we don't know it, what Getz's intention for 2024 right. is. Maybe he evaluates this team and says they can't compete in 2024. That makes me sick. Because we played the audio from Jerry Reinsdorf saying I picked Chris because I owe it to the fans to do it as fast as we can. If you want to do it as fast as you can, you can't be saying, oh, we spent a lot of money this year. We spent $180 million. What you need to do is upgrade every single position. So what you need to do is spend major league money to fill out your major league team. It's that simple. I'm sorry I'm trying to be that basic. But if you want to be a competitive team, go be a top 10 team that spends in major league baseball. Sure, but I guess what I'm saying is you just spent the first half of this show talking about how some of those guys who are not playing up to major league quality are locked into their spots, right? I mean, right, but like, look at this roster and tell me, do you, is, it of, is it your opinion? Everybody can have their own. Chris Getz can have his own. Jerry Reinsdorf can have his own. I can have my own. In your opinion, is as quickly as possible, does that mean 2024? I think that you can With the way this roster is a little locked in? Thank you. So let's play our, our, uh, <laughs> our little clip here. We have this clip from uh, May 1st because you said something, Vinny, that at first when you said it, I was like, I don't know where the hell you're going with this. I'm ready to jump over and, you know, start screaming at you. Um, but then you, you throw out this little stat, and it's my favorite stat, and I still quote this stat, um, and this short popped up on my YouTube uh, feed recently. So I'm going to take you into my, my YouTube watching habits. Um, but here is... Uh, what we said expectations were for Pedro Grafol's 2023 White Sox after they went 8-21 and in April, uh, and here's what we said on May 1st. Where do I see this team realistically at the end of the year that I'll say, yeah, that was a good year? The answer is making the playoffs, and the only reason, the only way they're probably going to make the playoffs is by winning this division. So winning the division would be considered a good season based on where they are, but I will add a little bit to that and say, Last year was the 122nd season of White Sox baseball. Mm-hmm. They have made the playoffs 11 times. In 122 years, they've made the playoffs 11 times. That's not you good. said it, not me. That's not good. It's not good. But the point then should be that if they were to make it a 12th in year 123, mm-hmm. that's, that's worth a thumbs up. 
That's worth that's that's worth if you are a White Sox fan, that's worth being happy about. But it doesn't mean it doesn't mean that you should settle for that. Yeah. But it's worth being well, happy about, particularly after you watch them go seven and twenty one in their first twenty eight. This games. is the golden age of White Sox baseball. <laughs> and af- after I've watched them go fifty four and eighty six, I will settle for playoff. Like I will settle for the playoffs. It make you happy, right? It? Oh, it yeah. make me so happy. Yeah. I would, I would love the twelfth appearance in 124 years of, of White Sox baseball. But if Jerry Reinsdorf is going to come out and say, "I need, I owe it to the fans to do it as fast as we possibly can, as fast as you possibly can," Jerry Reinsdorf can't excel this by spending the money. And when we go into you saying they need to sign Snell or Nola, and you bringing up like how much is that actually going to cost we look at last year's free agent class there was DeGrom and Rodon uh kind of rhymes not really uh five years 185 for DeGrom that's uh 37 AAV and Rodon uh 162 for six uh and that's 27 million uh AAV uh right now uh Nola and Snell have worse wars than DeGrom and Rodon do but Snell and Nola don't have the injury concerns of DeGrom and Rodon. Snell has a Cy Young, which Rodon does not. Absolutely. Right. Um, I think that if you gave you know $30 million a year to Nola, maybe he signs that. He's got the higher war, so you know, if we're just doing this strictly off of war times uh, money or whatever, um, you know, I, I could see Nola being around $150 million to start if he just gets five years. But, I mean, this could be a guy that goes up to $7 million. I mean, like, or seven years. Like, do you think they're actually going to be competitive no. for those starters? Like, they have to, Absolutely and they won't not. be. He said the words, and and to answer Vinny's question, do I believe that Jerry means by one year? Like, does he mean competing in 2024? His words said, if I bring back Rick Branch Ricky, I wouldn't get it turned around in a year and it will take a year for him to to figure out where everything getting done that's why chris gets us here so by your own words jerry you're going to compete next year immediately because time is of the essence that's what he said and he and he also too to add to that said how much he believes in in the in the core of this team you know he he talked about the uh players that are currently on this roster in a way that many White Sox fans probably would not. Yeah, and so if you're being that way and you want to compete quickly, and if Chris comes to see you and say, I need money for this player who's going to be past your your a level of comfort, six years for Aaron Nola, seven years for Blake Snell, then I'm going to say to him, if he says no, I'm like, then you don't want to win. Then you don't want to win immediately. Like, these are players that we need immediately because you see who our fifth starter is in Michael Kopech. We're going to need people to eat up innings, firstly, and people to be actually good at baseball when we are going to be on the field in 2024. And so you're going to have to give me the money to spend on these players. And if he doesn't, then he's not serious, not a serious contender. And I think he wasn't serious. He wanted to say it. But when it comes down to it, he won't be competing in the wall. He won't be swimming in those waters. We'll be swimming in the lower waters where people like Lucas Giolito are or Jack Flaherty are. Well, yeah, let's flash the graphic of of the free agents for 2023. Again, uh, Snell has been mentioned. He's 30. Nola has been mentioned. He's 30. Sonny Gray of the Twins. He's 33. Uh, Lucas Giolito, now of the Guardians, which is just gross. Uh, 29. Jack Flaherty uh, of now the Orioles. He's 27. Jordan Montgomery. He's a left-handed pitcher. I have no idea. Is he the Cardinals? They traded him to someone else. Yeah. 
Oh, he's on the Rangers now. Rangers. Rangers. Think, yeah. Nice. Uh, Kenta Maeda, 35. Uh, he's on the Twins as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, Luis Severino of the Yankees. He's 29. And then Luis Garcia, he's 26 of the Astros. Uh, but he's coming off Tommy John. So, I mean, like, that's the thing is Severino, he doesn't look right. He was, uh, you know, a top 10 Cy Young candidate in 2017, 2018. Um, but his fastball velocity's fallen off, and he's just not the same player. He's got an ERA over seven. Uh, Luis Garcia's got Tommy John, and he's not healthy uh Kenta Maeda's 35 uh the Jordan Montgomery could be your lefty Herb uh and then you know Flaherty and Giolito I feel like it's just very lazy to be like oh go sign them because of Ethan Katz but it is it is lazy but it also is a thing right you know and so I mean is it a thing well I think they just say they know each other but like I mean I think that's the reason Johnny Cueto was on this team last year yeah, I mean the working with the guy that you're going to work Gregory with every Santos. day. Yeah, the guy that you're going to work with every day makes a difference. I mean, I wouldn't. But here's the thing: the money's got to line up too. Jack Flaherty's not going to be like, "Oh, I'll take a discount to go hang out with Ethan Katz." Right. Like you know, so I mean, it all has to come together, and then that can be a positive in 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 the column there. Uh, but remember too, it's also the, the, a thing that's also not lazy but easy to do is to look at the list of free agents. There are. There could be trades that could be made. There could be um, any number of things. We talked, uh, I just mentioned Johnny Cueto. This guy signed to a minor league deal on opening day and ended up being a key part of the starting rotation. So uh, it doesn't always have to be, let's look at the top eight names on the free agent board. You better get three of those or you're, or you're, or you're toast. I mean, there are a lot of different ways that you can bring starting pitchers into the, into the team. He's a free agent. Johnny Cueto. Johnny Cueto. Yeah, he wasn't very good this year, was he? He's uh, all right. He's all right. Yeah, he's right. been injured, so it's just like Not he sure. hasn't been healthy. And we saw last year when he was healthy, man, was he good. As Blankton says, that's a, a White Sox thing to do. I was trying to be realistic. Sign Giolito and Flaherty. But yeah. also, like, that would make their rotation way better. Yes. Like, it might not make it a rotation that's going to win the division, but, like, well, the, point that I, the point that I keep making is that, like, it's not just that the rotation needs to get better. It needs to have people in it. They have two guys right now, and, I mean – if you're gonna if you're gonna scoff at signing two guys who have been to All Star to been to the All Star game, I mean, you, you got to have somebody throw the ball every uh, every five days. Well, I'm not even gonna scoff at Vinny Velasquez from Alejandro. Hey, why not? I am. Uh, let's let's bring him back. Um, I think he's injured, but hey, we'll figure it out. Um, not at Alejandro, th- just at Vinny Velo. I think the the one example of like player relationships that comes up. Um, that I think might favor Giolito and uh, Flaherty. It, it might. I don't even know how close of friends they are. That's the reason why I'm not sure if I'm smelling I think, I think smoke. Fire. Are they? Lucas and Flaherty? Yeah. Yeah, their parents, yeah. Yeah, their parents are real close, and yeah. they were big time. Uh, yeah, they cheer for each other. Their parents, I remember, Mom, uh, Mama Flaherty was big time. It was a big deal yeah. when, when the Cardinals came here. Was that last summer, two summers ago when they yeah. came okay. here? Yeah. All right, well, um, I, I think of the last year, I think. example where you know Jason Hayward – uh, who was thinking of retiring, was pulled out of retirement this year because Freddie Freeman, his longtime friend because yeah. of the Braves organization, was like, no, just come on. You got something left. I believe in you. Yeah, and, y- you know, maybe if they have that belief and, and that system, maybe they, they, they there is uh, that, that kind of camaraderie. I don't know. Um, I wouldn't be upset if they signed Lucas Giolito and, and Jack Flaherty. The whole point I'm trying to make is they better fucking sign somebody um, or they better sign Johnny Cueto, Jesse Schultons, Tukey Toussaint, uh, Lucas Giolito, Jack Flaherty. I mean, just spray the board. I mean, when the the Angels in the 2021 draft, they had 20 picks. They selected 20 pitchers. Mm -hmm. Go out and sign 20 pitchers. 
I was, it didn't work out too well for the Angels. Yeah. I would it might be, work out. Who knows? If they sign pitchers, I'll, you know, each pitcher, I'll, you know, critique on their merit and how they're going to do for the White Sox. But if they don't sign pitchers and they're just like Nastrini and Mena and Schultons and or Tukey are coming back and they'll fill out the rotation, I'm like, then you guys weren't serious. That's a rebuild. Yeah. yeah you guys That's what ser- a rebuild looks exactly. like. Exactly. You guys weren't serious about winning. You got well, a bunch of question marks. All five of your pitchers are question marks. And that's the thing is like – we have no way to know what this offseason is going to look like until it happens. Or at least until Chris I, starts talking about it. Right, but as we said, like, I mean, Rick Hahn kind of stopped speaking in September of last year. I mean, the next time that Chris might speak might be postseason, like, you know, oh, at, yeah. in, in October. But that's, well, sure, but that's fine. that counts. It's only I mean, a month the, away. The, the offseason doesn't only start until away. November. Yeah, only a month away. Only a month away. That's it. When does free agency actually open up? November. Like, the World Series. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I just feel sick. I mean, that's just so long. You that's feel gonna, sick. That's going to be a, the longest <laughs> six months every of year. my life. Oh, they're. Not- I know, but it's it, it is the same every year. But this is so different. I mean, I feel like them firing Rick and oh, Kenny. Oh, I meant the day like, that world, that free agency oh, starts. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. That's the same every year. No, yeah. No, 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 no. I mean, they're 50, I like I informed you, know. you when it happened, and you go, "Oh, I feel sick." I'm like, no, no, no. "Why?" No, I hate that day. <laughs> it's like Halloween's the 31st. No. <laughs> um. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. Uh, we're gonna get to uh, Ethan Katz in a, in a sec. We got some questions from some diehards, uh, but make sure you're hitting the thumbs up button. Uh, we got 17 likes. But it seems like we got a lot more than 17 people commenting. So make sure you're hitting the thumbs up button. Uh, we appreciate everyone hanging out with us. Uh, we got like 65 people watching. So make sure you're hitting that thumbs up. Lucas wants you to hit thumbs up. Um, so six, you come back. 65 Nate Jones. Yes. 65 Nate Jones. Yes. 65 Nate Jones. Yeah. Uh, shout out to Lewis University. Students are just like you there. They have full-time jobs, families, and full-time sports fandoms. Go back to school to earn a respected degree at Lewis University. It's 35 miles southwest of Chicago in Romeoville, and it's ranked as one of U.S. News and World Report's top-tier colleges. And Lewis partners with numerous employers for tuition discounts and offers evening, online, and blended formats to help you balance work, family, and education. If you're looking to complete your bachelor's or master's degree, or enroll in a professional certificate program, Lewis has the right programs for you. Lewis offers several career-focused programs that will set you up for success, um, like the aviation program. We're uh, big fans of the aviation program here on this podcast. Big fans um, of Bed Check Charlie. Big fans of Bed Check Charlie. Big fans of the aviation maintenance technology certificate you can earn there at Lewis University. I'm a big fan of the nursing program there. Uh, my cousin Maggie didn't love her first uh, choice in college. Uh, spent two years kind of... Uh, mulling around in Indiana. Who likes that? Uh, she came back home, came back to uh, the suburbs, uh, commuted to Lewis University, finished out her degree, and now she's, uh, you know, living it up as a nurse, and she's killing it, and we're super proud, for her, proud of her. Uh, so you could become like my cousin or Bed Check Charlie or someone else. Uh, discover how a degree from Lewis can help you build a better world. Learn uh, more at lewisu.edu slash you can do this. I said someone else, but Jay Zawoski. Yes. Our CHGO Blackhawks podcast uh, host. Uh, you, you could become like Jay Zawoski. Uh, Do you think Jay was ever the guy in the Bed Check Charlie suit? No, no. He's a sweater like me. He would never, <laughs> you'd never survive in that. Uh, Lewis we should U. ask Jay, though, about uh, his, his run-ins with Bed Check Charlie. Okay. Yeah. I mean, we're going to have to fill time. 
I mean, I, I don't know how many times we could just have this. What is the 2024 rotation uh, discussion? Oh, look I like? bet you we can have it a lot. Yeah, um, <laughs> we're gonna uh, try. <laughs> hey, we got 23 likes. Uh, Andrew Benatendi, shout out. Uh, LewisU.edu/slash/you uh, can do this. You guys ever been in a mascot suit before? No. 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 I was. No. Yeah. Which one? Um, I used to work for 101.9 The Mix, and uh, they had a sponsorship with. Chick-fil-A. So I was the cow. You've been in one of the Chick-fil-A cow costumes? Yes. Uh, a very uh, popular spot was uh, Ogilvy Train Station, um, which was very a very nice thing to be in when we were there because we'd be standing there and they'd be uh, giving out uh, gift cards to just people getting off or on the train. Uh, and, you know, uh, the nice thing about Ogilvy is there's no air at all it's very hot mm-hmm. um it's kind of like a dome it's kind of like miller park it's just kind of like a domed area um so when it's 95 degrees you're just cooking in the the cow uh chick-fil-a suit so uh it was it was an experience oh, wow I and mean, back when i was going commuting from the train back from wheaton to chicago there was no chick-fil-a in that ogilvy so it's weird to be you be there no, handing out gift well, cards there, yeah no it wasn't for the Ogilvy there. It was just for people in the Chicagoland area. I mean, they worked anywhere. That's weird. I don't know. It wasn't my promotion. You're going back to the suburbs. That There's tons of Chick-fil-A's in the suburbs. Yeah, they are. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, I uh, want to let you know, uh, I you know when I was in Ogilvy train station in that uh, cow uh, mascot suit, uh, all I would want uh, is uh, for uh, a little escape. And uh, Sunnyside Cannabis Dispensary uh, would have been able to help me out there. It's your home for judgment-free cannabis shopping, a place where all kind of visitors are welcome to explore, discover, and purchase a wide array of high-quality products. Sunnyside has everything you need to elevate your football season. No matter where you are in your cannabis journey, they have easy online ordering, in-store pickup, and great transparency loyal program, uh, loyalty program, Sunnyside rewards so you can get rewarded for all the purchases you are making uh and uh it is kind of it's our friday we're off tomorrow uh we do our friday uh, thursday shows on a friday uh so you know who made you feel good this week nfl yeah i'm i'm ending you know basically my friday some nfl football after the show uh, gonna take me into the Friday. That's what's feeling, uh, making me feel good this week. Um, Herb, I don't know if you're gonna pick up uh, some good news, but those will probably make you feel good this week. Already did this week at Sunnyside. There you go. You got gummies, rechargeable vape pens, and carts. Uh, perfect for great moments with the crew. So through August, October 15th, uh, head to Sunnyside.shop and use code CHGO25 at checkout for 25% off your total order. Uh, you get one use per customer, and it's not stackable with other promotions. That's not only for new customers. Anyone can use our code, so pick up everything you need to elevate your summer. Must be 21 plus or an Illinois Med Card holder. Again, code CHGO at checkout for 25% off your total order at Sunnyside.shop. Um, I never know what I'm saying half time, half the time with those ad reads. Um, those are always fun. Um, all right, let's go to the CHGO lounge. We got uh, our lovely, lovely diehards. Uh, thank you to uh, the 26 likes. Uh, Avi. Avi. One of, one of the three Garcias. Um, make sure you're hitting the thumbs up button, uh, but we appreciate you guys getting us up to 26. Uh, let's go to uh, our first question, though. Uh, this is from Ian in the CHGO Lounge. Uh, a lot of talk about culture this year. Pedro's trying to set. Boy, has there been. A culture. Yeah, yeah I think Ian's kind of getting sick of it. Um, when it comes to saying culture is wrong, no one has ever defined what is bad. So the question is, what is bad culture? Um, has Vinny Duber seen that bad culture? Uh, not really. I mean, I, I think that a ton of focus goes on to this and because people are looking for an explanation as to why things are so wrong 
in the win-loss uh, department, right? And so I think a lot of attention goes towards, oh, the culture must be wrong. Everything must be uh, crumbling inside the clubhouse. For the most part, I've seen a lot of guys going about their business as they normally do, w- whether they're winning or losing, with uh, the difference from 21 when they were winning to the last two years being they were slightly less happy about it. Um, what I can tell you, the team has said pretty much over and over again, including Jerry last week, including Pedro multiple times, including Rick before uh, he, he was fired, um, that they did a lot to address the problems with their clubhouse culture at the trade deadline by sending certain guys out of town. Um, so I'll let everybody else put the pieces together on who those guys were and what that meant, but um, I think they had personalities that were not working with each other, and they did their best to get rid of who they thought were the problem actors in that in that regard. Um, does that mean everything's fixed? No, and that's why Pedro keeps talking about what he can do to continue fixing things, what he can do to lay down his principles and his philosophies that the players can follow. Um, you know, I, I think that's basically what what they've said in terms of very much specifics, what they have done, what was wrong and what needs to, and what has been done to fix what was wrong. Um, but again, I don't think you can trade three, four guys and say, that's it, everything's fixed. Um, that being said, uh, no one's going to be asking any questions about clubhouse culture if their record was reversed. Uh, and, and Rick said as much, right? Rick said um, that they had clubhouse issues in 2021 but they won 90-plus games, they won the division, they went to the playoffs, and nobody was asking about it because the only time this thing comes up is when things are going poorly. Uh, And so the number one thing they can do to make this talk of negative culture go away is win. It might not make the negative culture go away, but it'll it'll make all of the questions and the somewhat uh, tiresome explanations about it uh, not exist. But I also think that it's Rick and Kenny's fault for noticing in 2021 and not doing a damn thing about it. Like seeing it just because the results were good. Like, Oh, we're good. Well, that's not what he said, but he said he was, he saw it in 21. He said they were there and they had been trying, they'd been trying, they'd been working on it for a while. Now again, what does that mean? They definitely failed. But yeah, but like that's, that's, that's what I pick up um, with the Cubs. I mean, I know this is a white Sox thing. You see the culture there. That team wasn't supposed to be the team that it is now. But people like Dansby Swanson, people like David Ross, have been building a culture of winning and picking up their teammates when their teammates are down. I was listening earlier to uh, the CHGO Cubs. They're talking about when Seiya Suzuki was down on his luck and like struggling and getting benched, not playing a lot. Dansby Swanson's like, hey, man, just you're fine. You're Seiya Suzuki. You can do this, that, and the other. And picking your teammates up, not just laying them on the wayside. You know, enjoying each other's uh, time with each other. And also talking baseball after the game. Not being all 26 people just who happen to be on the same team. Being a cohesive unit on the road, going out to e- with each other. Kicking in the, in the hotel lobby. All those things build culture. Knowing your teammates... Uh, strengths, weaknesses, and stuff, and building him up, and so that teammate can build you up. I think that builds a good culture, not just being, hey, I'm the man, I'm the guy, I'm going to do my thing and leave the clubhouse as soon as the game is over type of stuff. I mean, I hear all the stuff about Yasmani not wanting to speak after the game because he's doing his workouts and stuff. It's a selfish it's a selfish thing about him. 
that I don't, I don't like the story of the, the alleged story about him and Tim fighting like those type of things. No, you can't have that type of thing. They, they fight and everybody fights because they're going to be around each other more than their family. But also you got to play for the man next to you, play for the man on the other side of you. And I don't think the White Sox have that type of mentality that, hey, we're all here for a reason. We should be lifting each other up, not putting each other down. Yeah, no, I, and again, I, I think it's just win. We won't hear the word culture if you you win. That's true. And the elephant in the room is that you're in a bad division. So just win. Just spend money. Just go. I mean, you bring up the Cubs. You know what the Cubs also did? They spent money. They yeah. spent money on Tyone. They spent money on your guy, Cody Bellinger. Spent $18 million on him, too. They yeah. spent some money on guys who are bad and not on the team anymore, also. Right, yeah. Hey, and they, yeah. They, they so it doesn't always work, off. but... Yeah. <laughs> um, but they but, got yeah. those guys out. Yeah, and, and uh, hey, you heard uh, Ben Zobers say that the Jason Hayward thing was undervalued. The whole Jason Hayward speech was undervalued. He talked about how, you know, from, from the beginning of that year, they had a real clear vision that they could be the team. Right. And, and Joe Madden set them up from the beginning of that year to say, hey, you are the team. Right. We're going to do it because we were built to do this. Um, and, you know, everyone probably thinks that that Hayward contract was bad. But Ben Zobris was like he all saw what we needed to say in that moment. He was the culture guy and Ooh. he stepped up, said it. And I guess they played one miracle, magical uh, inning of baseball because Jason Hayward said it. Hey, sometimes words. you need to just speak it into existence. Sometimes you need somebody to say the words that haven't been said. Maybe everybody knows it, but you need a leader to say, hey, let's get our shit together. Yeah, and one final push to get you over the, 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 the finish line and uh, get a ring on your finger. All right, uh, final question is from uh, our guy AJ who's hanging out in the chat. Uh, this is mostly for Vinny, but uh, y'all can add anything you know about the situation. Uh, what's the deal with guys like Kopech, Cease, Giolito, Crochet? Uh, losing so much velo in their fastball over the last few years. I know injuries are a thing, but Crochet was already losing velo pre-Tommy John, and Cease has been mostly injury-free. On the other hand, you have guys like Raylo that built velo under uh, the Cats administration. So what, if any pattern, do you see? Where should the concern be going if there's any to be had at all? It bothers me that our pitcher's velo always seem to be down on top of not being able to throw any strikes. Um not being able to throw strikes hurts. <laughs> you don't say. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, the main thing that comes to mind, I know we've, we've I, I know I've, we've had this conversation with Garrett Crochet. Pretty sure we've had it with with Cease and and maybe Kopech as well. But it's that whole going from thrower to pitcher thing, and it it, it shouldn't necessarily be viewed as a bad thing because yeah, you can come up throwing a hundred, throwing ninety nine, uh, but it doesn't mean that you're doing what's going to end up being the most effective way for you to pitch. It's not an excuse, but it's just it, it, with a lot of guys, they get to the big leagues, they start working with a major league pitching coach, they start finding themselves as major leaguers because guess what rushes you to the big leagues? Being able to throw 100 miles an hour. Uh, and certainly Garrett Crochet was here just months after he was drafted. Um, it's, it's going from, yeah, you could try to blow people away with the fastball, but it might not work every time, to we're going to put you in a position to be as effective as you can possibly be, it might mean you have to dial the, the, the speed back, but now you're spotting better. Now you're, you're controlling better. You're making the pitch move more. You're, you're being able to adjust to what major league hitters are able to do when they can adjust to you throwing nothing but 100 over and over and over again. So um, I think that that's probably the most logical explanation, but certainly you talk about 
two guys who've missed a ton of time with injuries. Uh, you know, Giolito had Tommy John back uh, in, in the minor leagues as well. Or, had the oblique injury yeah, in 2022. I mean, so uh, it's, it's probably a lot of things in one, but the first thing that comes to my mind is they burst out on the scene and they get here because they can do one thing really, really well. Then they learn how to do the whole job really, really well, and it maybe takes away from that one thing. Now, not always the case. There are plenty of uh, top-of-the-line pitchers who have figured out a way to do both, to, to use that uh, ridiculously fast fastball to make themselves a better pitcher, right? I can use, use that and then add the other pitches to it. Those guys are elite for a reason. Um, and I think you're seeing with, with these few guys who you brought up, but probably a lot of guys across the league, you're going from just a guy who's uh, raw, a guy who has really good tools, but hasn't necessarily put it all together yet. And putting it all together is different than being able to throw 100. I have nothing to add. Right, cool. said it perfectly. Um, yeah, or at least with Kopech, I mean, again, he misses 2019, he misses 2020. I don't think he has the stamina to be a starting pitcher, and that's the biggest thing uh, this offseason that he needs to work on is just stamina, conditioning, the ability to go as he wanted, 180, 200 innings, and be able to command that fastball and, you know, be able to keep, keep the zip on it. I mean, if you want to be a starting pitcher, I mean, that's what you have to do, and he's just fallen flat, as you mentioned, what, 16 straight outings where he hasn't been able to go past the fourth inning. Like, again, you need that stamina and that gas tank to deliver every five days, and Kopech just has not been able to do that. Do that. Um, he needs to build up that gas tank. Uh, Crochet, I think it has to deal with, Injuries for sure, and also, well, but we well no, but we just saw from the from the from the shortened season to the next, he went from one oh that one oh one guy right to far less than that, and he I was think, injured, and and he didn't he leave the shortened season with an injury in the postseason? Yeah, but we talked to him about it, and he basically said, "Yeah, I know it's down. I don't care if it is comes back goes back to one hundred and one or not. I'm trying to pitch. I'm trying to 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 do what's most effective." Michael Kopech can probably still throw. 100 miles an hour. He's bigger and stronger than he was when he when when he was throwing 100 miles an hour in 2017. But it might go in the guy's ear hole. You know what I mean? Like it, there's a difference between throwing that pitch and throwing it and pitching and and filling up the strike zone with strikes. I don't think he could throw 101 right now or 100 right now. Just it, like if you asked him, I mean, like especially with him being TB TBD for Saturday. Well, I don't if mean you asked, today. I just well, I'm mean saying in general. today. Yeah. No, I'm, but I'm saying like today because you were in September. Like you need to have your best stuff in September, and that you need to build up the gas tank, and it, it just hasn't been there. Um, but with Cease, um, you look at the average uh, fa- fastball velocity in 2021, uh, 96.7 miles per hour. Uh, in 2022, 96.8 miles per hour. This year, 95.6 miles per hour. So about a mile per hour down. Um, but we did see a tick in his last start. I think uh, in, in Kansas City, he was up about 1.7 miles per hour on his fastball, nearly two miles per hour on his slider. Um, and you look at uh, just month by month, uh, starting in June, 95.4 miles per hour on his fastball, 95.3 miles per hour on his fastball in June, 95.9 miles per hour on his fastball in August, and 96.2 miles per hour on his fastball in September. So at least to the gas tank of Dylan, um, this is a guy that's thrown 30 starts in a season before. He's done it last year, he did it the year before, and I think now you're seeing that gas tank kind of show in September. He still has the ability to hit 96 late in September. I don't know if I have too many worries about Cease. I'm really just kind of wait and see. Let's see what he looks like in 2024, maybe with a little bit more confidence um he looks a little bit more sharper and he's able to you know uh 
have that velocity all throughout the season. Um, but with Kopech, it seems like a stamina issue. And then with Geo and Crochet, it seems, I don't know, I guess injury-related or at least, you know, at least Crochet, a, a burgeoning pitcher. Okay. All right, that's going to do it for the CHGO White Sox podcast. That's Vinny Duber. You, know, you can follow him at Vinny Duber. He's our CHGO White Sox uh, beat writer. That's Herb Lawrence. You can follow him at uh, Ecknerwall23. He's our CHGO White Sox community leader. And I'm Sean Anderson. You can follow me at Sean underscore W underscore Anderson. Thank you to Stephen Nicholas for producing the show. Uh, we're at 29 likes. Uh, so if you're out there, uh, please hit that thumbs up button and uh, give us that oh-so-important 30th like. Uh, we'll talk to you Sunday. Talk to you Sunday uh, for the finale of the Tigers and White Sox series. See you then. Bye.